welcome back to the Psyche Podcast with me, Hannah, where we're all about sharing honest conversations about mental well-being, real experiences to inform, inspire, and strategies to empower you to prioritise your own mental well-being and to live a joyful, meaningful and healthy life. We're back with another strategy roundup episode. So we did one of these at the end of the first season. We're not at the end of the second season yet. I think this is going to be a much longer season. We've already got a lot of episodes recorded ready to come out to you at some point. This is just a bonus strategy roundup partway through so that it doesn't become a epic, <laughs> an epic episode all by itself. So as we've done before, we always ask guests to leave some top tips that they'd recommend people try out and we're very much a toolbox approach so we don't believe that there's a one-size-fits-all approach to mental well-being every guest that comes in we ask them to put some things in the toolbox some ideas and then you can just try them out and see what works for you some things will some things won't and that's absolutely fine we want to just give you lots of ideas of things that you can try out here it is the uh, second strategy roundup episode and to start with we're going back to episode 15 where we were joined by author cam knight who was talking all about managing your mind mayhem so here are his top tips the number one tip i would recommend is self-talk and i would even go as far as to say if people only focused on affirming their self-talk statements and nothing else they would get a lot more results than applying other stuff so that's I so I think that's number one. That that's something I always talk about. Two is be consistent. Mm -hmm. Anything that you do, show up on a regular basis, whether that's every day, every other day, or at the very least every week. Remember what I had said. You can come in with mediocre effort regularly and get far better results than bringing your A game intermittently. And I think number three is going to be focusing on goals that you want to plan that you plan to stick with for the long term. You know, you might set a goal to learn photography or get better at photography. Only do that if your plan is to, you know, do photography for a while. Because if you spend a few months learning photography and then stop, you'll forget. So why spend all that time learning something that you're going to lose anyways? If the longer you stick with something, the longer you'll be able to hold on to. So those would be my top three. Self-talk, consistency, and focus on activities and goals that you plan to stick with for the long term. So for episode 16, it was a solo episode because I was thinking a lot about changes because it was the new year and about sometimes there being resistance to that change. So here is a bit of a, a top tip about making changes. Change is difficult. Change can be scary. Not changing can be scary. The new possibilities can be scary. And something I um, I spoke about yesterday in an interview that I've recorded, which won't actually come out till next week, um, but we talk about pigeonholing people in boxes. If you think about the people that you know, we, we do have our own image of them, of what we expect from them, what we think they're like. And if you're making changes, you're disrupting someone else's image of you. And that can be unsettling because if you think about it, it's upsetting our sort of worldview and our understanding of the people around us so even if we're not changing and someone else is it can still unsettle us because we have to change then our perception of the person because they're developing they're growing they're changing how they are who they are what they do so that can be unsettling in itself but your changes if you're making positive life changes and someone else is being quite negative one it could be that they are deliberately doing it to sabotage you possibly because they want to keep you in that pigeonhole in that box that they've got you in but quite often they may be not aware of what they're doing and the effect it's having so if someone is changing and and that feels threatening to us we can unconsciously so outside of our awareness we can have these defenses and it could be that these things are coming out that they are almost sabotaging because it's threatening that you're changing because maybe it's holding a mirror up to them and it's it's showing them that they need to make changes in that area and that's difficult that's scary so unconsciously 
It's a defence to protect them from that need to examine themselves and think about the changes that really they want to make or feel that they should, but they're just not ready to maybe. So that could be why you might feel that people are being malicious, they're being mean and, and not encouraging and even maybe trying to bring you down. It could be deliberate or it could be that it's this defence mechanism from their ego just trying to protect itself because they're not ready to change. And I, I guess I just want to finish on uh, maybe a bit of a cliched saying, <laughs> um, but the idea that you know the people that mind don't matter and the people that matter don't mind. And if you make changes and people find it threatening, it might be that for a little while that it affects the relationship. But the right people, if they love you and if they care about you, will support you. They will want the best for you. And that might mean a little period of adjustment for them to sort of come to grips with the the new you or the, the, the slightly different you to what they are used to, if you like. But I just think, you know, my family and my friends, I love them. I want the best for them. You'll probably hear me saying exactly the same thing next week. Sorry about that. But I want the best from them. So I'm prepared to handle a little bit of that discomfort that we can feel when, when people change and it unsettles us. I want the best for them. And hopefully the people around you also feel the same, that they are happy for you when you make changes. And the people who do really mind maybe are not the people that you need around you to support you or, or maybe don't fit with who you are presenting as, you know, who you are showing to the world. And I think that if I look through my life, I have very dear friends and I have some that unfortunately I've lost touch with. And, you know, maybe as we as we go through life, we grow, we grow apart from people, we grow towards people. And uh, maybe if they're just at a different point, they drift away and the people that are around you are the ones who really see you as you are. They really support you. They want you to be the best you. And it might be that if there is someone who is bringing you down, whether it's deliberate or that they're not aware of, maybe it's about thinking about yourself and what you need and maybe taking some space from that person. And hopefully it's just temporary Maybe it is a longer term thing if if it is something that's that's bringing you down or is holding you back. But I think that's a whole different conversation <laughs> to get into. So that was about changes. And episode 17 was a double Hannah episode. I was joined by Hannah Hassler, who was talking about creativity, which is, which is her big area, and about the importance of that. So here are her top tips. Let's see, in terms of kind of a business entrepreneurship, one of my biggest tips around that is to make decisions and then move forward. <laughs> so stop like cycling back from them <clears throat> and don't let basic decisions like be your stumbling blocks all of the time. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be my business advice, um, both personally and business uh, and business wise, I would say, um, you know, be be open to creative possibility. Sometimes that means identifying the boxes we're in that we haven't even, you know, kind of recognized for ourselves, um, you know, sitting down with our businesses or in our lives and looking at what are the things that I'm doing, because that kind of makes up a lot of your life, what you actually do. And, you know, how do those fit into it? Why am I doing it? Is it just because like everybody does it? Is it because it feels so good to me and my business? So I think that would be a huge tip. And then just, just personally, I would say develop a practice of checking in with yourself and being responsive to what you find right? Like it's one thing to check in and be like, oh, wow, I'm really tense. I'm under a lot of stress, but I have a huge to-do list. So I'm powering through and just, you know, like <laughs> kind of making your own self feel unheard. So checking in and if you find, gosh, I'm not in a good place, find some sort of margin space to do something positive for yourself. If that means five minutes of meditation or two minutes sitting outside, breathing fresh air, you know, it doesn't have to be like, 
whole day is a spa day. <laughs> like, you know, like we can't do that. But but check in with yourself and find a way, even if it's a two minute way to be responsive to what you actually learn. Mm, yeah. And I think that checking in is something. And and I think the key thing you said there was not just checking in, but doing something with that. So when you mm. check in and things aren't right, not just going, oh, well, <laughs> never <laughs> yeah. mind. Because I think even if you stop and just take five deep breaths, that has a massive impact but I think we quite often just stop and it doesn't need to be a huge amount of time just to get a bit of centering I think that's what you said mm-hmm. earlier that centering and, and grounding a little bit and yeah I think that's what I'm going to take away about not just recognizing but doing something with that awareness oh I love that oh I'm so glad so episode 18 I've not included any top tips from that was a bonus episode for time to talk day um, so I've left that one out of this as it was um, quite focused. It might be something that we look back to for a special awareness days type uh, strategy roundup. But then episode 19, we were joined by Jess Critchlow and her area is soft skills and the importance of those. So here are her top tips. And I also am just going to say that on our website, we now have a recommend page where we recommend things that help us. And for confidence, I've put Jess's details under there because I've done one of her confidence workshops that she did, which I found to be amazing to think about confidence myths. So a little plug for Jess in here, but here are her top tips. So what I'd say is around strategies, there's really, there's really just one that I want to really, really emphasize and leave your listeners with. So soft skills are so, so key to your success, your happiness at work, your good enoughness at work, all, all of the things that are important. I mean, yes, to formal education, I'm not knocking that by any stretch, but you need to be able to build your interpersonal skills. And here's what I'd say around that is find a way to practice them, like a safe space to practice them. And if that's not your work, that's fine. It doesn't have to be your workplace if that's not, you know, a psychologically safe, like those examples we gave at the beginning of our conversation. If you're not, if it's not a safe place, it's fine, but you have to do it for yourself, for your own career, for your own happiness, for your own ability to show up at work and not just want to floods of tears. By the way, some of you might need to quit your job to enable that. But anyways, that's a whole other podcast. Um, Practice them. Okay. So some ways you can do that is one is, is knowledge. So podcast books, um, blogs, just find out more about some of these skills. So whether, you know, whatever the thing is that is sparking your interest. So communication, leadership, um, feedback, dealing with difficult people, whatever the thing is that's kind of nagging at you. There's tons of free resources out there. Tons of like, if there's a book you love, go to your library. You don't have to spend money. Really, you really don't. Two, find a safe space to practice. So that can be paid. You know, I highly, highly recommend people find um, a coach. That would be, you know, I'm I'm not a coach, but I'm huge proponent of finding a, a coach that creates that space where you can practice some of this stuff and say it out loud and get some feedback. Um, It can be just a colleague. It can be some of you are lucky enough that you can practice some of this stuff with your manager, but find a space where you can go. I've got a really awkward presentation coming up where I have to share some tough news. Can I, can I do it for you? And you give me some feedback on what's going well and what doesn't work. Find the space to practice it. Um, And the third thing I'd say too, around these, these interpersonal skills is, um, there's, there's this sort of myth that they work the same as technical skills, you know, like you're just suddenly going to be confident public speaking, or you're going to be confident having difficult conversations, or you're going to be confident negotiating. I, I have never seen that in my work. Um, I haven't seen people get confident. I've seen them get more confident. Um, but when someone is confident in their, say their ability to deliver feedback, usually what that actually means is they're no longer trying bigger things. When you're truly confident in something, um, probably not stretching anymore. Um, And so don't make, I need to be confident in this thing, the goal, because that's A, impossible, and B, is actually probably a bad thing. (laughs) What you want is being totally nervous is absolutely expected and fine. 
That's because that's the, your body telling you you're about to do something brave. Keep going at it. Don't take that to be a message that this isn't something you're supposed to be doing. It's just a message that you're being brave. So get the knowledge, practice, and don't misinterpret the signals from your body. Because mm-hmm. I think we can spend so long getting the technical knowledge that the the softer skills get forgotten. Absolutely, and, yeah. And so, yeah, and so actually seeking out that knowledge um, is important. And I think then the practicing is something that quite often there aren't those opportunities to do. Or again, if you're someone that doesn't have such an emphasis on the importance of them. Cool. And with your, your third point, I was I was thinking of Adele, so um, the singer. And I don't know if you know this, but um, I don't know her personally. It's just <laughs> I wish you did because she's awesome. But yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so she is amazing, but she gets so nervous before she performs. Mm-hmm. So she has massive stage fright, and she is so amazing at what she does. But she still has those nerves. She doesn't have complete confidence. So I think it's yeah, it can be natural, and and I guess maybe as you were saying that if you get to that point where you're not feeling any sense of nerves then yeah you need to then take the next step because maybe you're so used to where you're at that you're then maybe playing too small and it's about that stretch and that mm-hmm. and that time and what and the last thing I'll say on that too and I love that example of Adele because come on talk about someone top of their field oh my gosh she's so incredible um you know when when we do suddenly meet this, I feel confident in this, I know what I'm doing, I'm good. The the other danger of that is we, that becomes a little bit part of our person, like our identity, and we don't seek out other feedback. We get almost a little threatened when someone says, oh, your presentation, because, you know, I identify as someone who enjoys public speaking. I feel like I'm going to throw up before I go out on stage, but it's something I seek out because I enjoy it. And if I then make the story that this is something I'm good at and it is part of my worth, the minute someone says, I've got a little bit of feedback for you. There was like the the arc of that presentation. I kind of got a little lost in it. Suddenly, instead of saying, that's really useful. Thank you. I can take that now. I, I'm like, you've just threatened my self-worth, right? So now I'm in amygdala. I'm in fight, flight, or freeze. I'm like, I'm not listening. I'm not you know, it, it actually becomes a little bit of a dangerous place to, to, that's the thing I'm good at. And I'm going to identify as being good at that. And I'm never going to seek out feedback, you know, telling me a different story because that's too scary now. So yeah. So being not confident, it's actually a really good thing. People just go with it. That's a very good message. It's a very good place to be. Hmm. And I think even, um, or as well as not seeking out feedback, if you think, I've got this now, I'm confident, you're also not seeking out opportunities to grow or continue learning. And and technically, workplaces change all the time. But I, but even with the soft skills, I imagine there's always that, that room to develop and grow. It's not just you reach a certain point and that's it. I've marked it all, got all my badges, tick, done, leadership, tick, communication, tick <laughs> it's a check yeah it's an ongoing thing and I suppose the danger is that yeah if you're like I've, I've done that now you're not continuing to grow and you can stagnate mm-hmm. I guess which isn't isn't great for you or mm-hmm. in your role yeah we're more like border collies than we realize the minute we're bored in our workplace we become quite destructive we just don't necessarily always realize it so <laughs> yes stagnation isn't always a good thing <laughs> yeah, absolutely I also haven't included episode 20 in here and I guess because I can just summarize what the key takeaway from that was because it was another solo episode and it was about random acts of kindness and about being kind so the biggest takeaway from that I would say is to just always have that kindness as an approach because we don't know what is going on with people in their lives we don't know what they're going through so just being kind I think personally is just a really good approach to have to life and this idea of random acts of kindness just doing a small thing a small gesture to spread a little bit of kindness 
and it, it could be anonymous it's not about making a big show look how kind i am just something small that is going to give somebody a mood boost so that was episode 20. episode 21 we were joined by cassie pig to talk about postpartum mental health and we had touched on postpartum mental health slightly um, and the kind of baby blues when we were joined by jess in episode 19 but in episode 21 with cassie we really got much deeper into this so here are her top tips okay so the the number one i've i've already touched on is um i guess my number one piece of advice is to just always know that this too will pass and and you will get through it and it will get better i think if you can you can kind of if you can keep that kind of on repeat in in your head it really does it really does help to cope with all the with all the crap that that comes along literally and figuratively <laughs> <laughs> you know um and so i think that's just being able to be aware of that is 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 so important and then also the the gratitude if you it, when you practice gratitude it really does have an overwhelming impact on on your mental well-being. I I truly believe that in in my core. If you can sit back and really think about what you do have and what you do have to be thankful for, it puts you in such a better place because I think we all tend to look especially, I mean, in today's society like it's so social media driven and especially with us moms like you look oh this mom just did this or this mom's got this or she's able to do yoga while her baby's just quietly napping <laughs> in the background like we don't we don't all have that so <laughs> if if you can just sit down for just a couple minutes a day and just think about what you have and what that means to you it really does help to put your put your mind in a better place and then the the third thing i guess would be definitely that concept of sway like if you can keep that in your mind especially when you're thinking about all the stresses that we have and especially as moms it's so easy to get overwhelmed because you not only have your schedule and all the things you have going on but most of the times we are the primary caregivers which means we also keep track of our kids schedules and doctor's appointments and everything that they're doing and and it can definitely be overwhelming at times so just being able to know that it's okay if you're not split 50 50 between work and personal or you know whatever whatever you're trying to balance it, it doesn't have to be that balance it can be that 75 25 or you know whatever whatever it needs to be at the time just being flexible mm. I think is so important just in motherhood in general yeah <laughs> yeah I mean I'm saying yeah I'm, I'm not mother yet but just generally in life I think as well it's it's important to be flexible yeah. isn't it for episode 22, we were joined by Henry Johnston, who is a men's coach and he uses metal work as a way to express emotions. So here are his top tips. And although the episode is focused on men's mental health, which is a really important topic to be discussing, as with all of the top tips, I think they are applicable to everyone or like we said for your toolbox, something for you to try out and see if it works for you. Okay, so the first one is if you've heard the word vulnerability and you're like, oh, I don't know how to do that. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. So you got the fear. What I suggest is if you've got a dog or a cat or a hamster, you know full well, as I do, that you talk to them with vulnerability. You are so much more likely to tell them what's going on with you, how you feel. So I want you to continue doing that. Get familiar with the language that you use and recognize that you are being vulnerable in the presence of another being to be comfortable with that the next stage of that is to recognize that feeling because you know how it feels and root yourself in that feeling when you decide to express something vulnerable that you feel to another human being you want to be in that safe space where you are embodying how you feel and you're not worried about judgments there's there's two things one that will lead on really well from the other and a third one is you are creative if you're struggling a little bit and like you find your your thoughts racing you're spending a lot of time inside your head 
just do something that's a little bit different even if that's going out into nature looking at it and it sounds so simple you're gonna be like henry stop patronizing me but this stuff works it is these things don't need to be overthought about or overthought they are incredibly simple and incredibly effective you are a human being your ancestors have spent billions of years wandering around marveling at nature so i'm simply asking you to do the same engage a little bit of imagination maybe if you want get a pen or a pencil and scribble something and then scribble something some more and then screw it up and throw it in the bin and then scribble what that felt like to screw it up and throw it in the bin and then do and follow it all around if you want to get paints on your hands and smear paint all over your kitchen and then present to your wife that look what i made honey it's a painting then do that <laughs> whatever it takes get yourself out of where you were into where you could be somewhere free, somewhere open and allow yourself to do that because you're worth it. Amazing. Thank you for the, for those uh, those tips. And I maybe won't smear paint all over my kitchen, but definitely oh, going to think yeah. about... Well, I know what I'm doing tonight anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we rent, so they might not be so pleased. So the like your artwork, Anna. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> um, but I definitely... Um, gonna think about yeah being creative and and how I can uh add more of that into my life and and channel how I'm feeling through that yeah, so really. thank you for that reminder yeah. in episode 23 we were joined by Tiffany Yelverton who is a sex anista a sex coach so we were talking all about pleasure the power of orgasms and and about the importance of that for mental well-being so here are her top tips one of my favorite tips is to wear beautiful lingerie under your clothes just for you. My mom used to tease me that my underwear had to match my outfit. But when you wear a bra that's pretty compared to like just your beige one that, you know, is a little too old or um, it, you just carry yourself different. And French women really know that, that it's not lingerie for anyone else. It's lingerie for us. And it, it, you just, it, you lift your shoulders back and just carry yourself a little bit different. Like we talked about, you know, just taking that extra minute to feel your body when you're putting your lotion on and then focus on the positive. If you start to get a negative thought in your head, just say, ask yourself, is this true? Is that something that I have control of and what can I do to change it? And don't tell yourself something that you wouldn't tell someone else. You know, a lot of times we'll say things to ourselves about our bodies that we would never allow a stranger to tell us. We would never tell our best friend. Yeah, I, that's something I say um, a fair amount on here is, you know, about being a friend to yourself. And if you wouldn't say it to a friend, why are you saying it to yourself? You know, and it's a, I try and uh, do it as a little check. Like, you know, if I said this to a friend, would they still be my friend? And if the answer is no, <laughs> then I shouldn't say it to myself either. In episode 24, we were joined by Belinda Farrell. And so Belinda practices a Hawaiian practice called Ho'oponopono. And it's about forgiveness and cord cutting. And it's uh, it was a really fun episode to uh, learn about something new and from a different culture that I didn't have that understanding of. So these are Belinda's top tips. Well, again, taking a deep breath during the day, holding it, and then releasing it, doing those ha breaths to connect to the higher self. And then just saying to yourself constantly during the day, I love you. Just I love you for no reason at all. I love you. I forgive you. Thank you. Just I love you. I forgive you. Thank you. Just imagine what that could do. For no reason at all, you're going to start feeling better. And you might think you're not worthy to feel better, but you are. <laughs> so those, those are the biggest, easiest ones. One of the things that we do talk about a lot on the podcast and a lot of guests, when I ask them about things that boost their mental well-being, we'll talk about exercise and movement. And there doesn't have to be a a gym. It could be walking, swimming, running, anything. So in episode 25... We're joined by Ashton Farris, and she's talking all about fitness and movement and the benefits of that. So here are her top tips. 
So the first one would be to set intentions for your day. Every morning when you get up, set an intention for your day. If your intention is to find joy in everything that you come across, if it's to be thankful for even the smallest things, if it's to make sure you get your workout in, you know, whatever your intentions are, I strongly, strongly believe that you control your day. Um, and so setting intentions for the day is huge. And then the second thing, I have two. So the second thing is to just move your body in whatever capacity that looks like for you. If it's for 10 minutes, if it's for 30 minutes, if it's for an hour, it doesn't matter what it is, move your body no matter how badly you don't feel like it. Because let's be honest, after a long day of work, you gotta go home and cook dinner, all this stuff, you don't, you don't want to do anything, right? You wanna sit on the couch, pop them in that bag of chips, order the pizza, and that's what you want to do. But again, we're not going to get to where we want to be doing the easy things. We're going to get to where we want to be by doing the things that we don't always want to do. Um, and so set your intentions and get some movement in. And I think that's, that's super transformational. I absolutely loved recording episode 26. Um, and I enjoy recording all of the episodes and meeting new people and uh, talking to people. But in episode 26, we were joined by Alex Ola Baria. Hopefully I've said it right. Um, to talk about chronic pain and having to give up on her dreams. And it was such a nice conversation. We really hit it off and got on really well. So um, it's an amazing episode. I felt so uplifted afterwards to listen to Alex talk about her journey and, and her outlook on life. So here are her top tips. Your thought process changed the power of the universe. Thoughts become things. They really do. I need you all to take that deep breath in through your nose for eight counts. And when you release it, you go very strong. I need you to not let other people's words become your truth. And I just need you to all realise that you are all beautiful, no matter what. Then you all need to look in the mirror and love you before anyone else can love you back. For episode 27, we've taken a little um, detour, I guess, away from mental wellness, specifically into a bit more mental illness, because I think it's really important, one, to challenge misconceptions and stigma and kind of raise the understanding of different mental illnesses. But also, I think there is a lot that we can learn from someone's own journey to mental wellness through that that mental illness experience. So in episode 27, we were joined by Sherry Martinez, who has bipolar one disorder, and she spoke really openly about her experiences with bipolar. So here are her top tips. I think go back to your mindset. I mean, I think, you know, I've heard it said, um, when you get up in the morning, you decide what your day's going to be like, what's your attitude, are you positive, or oh no, another day at work. Look for the positives and live with passion, find things that do make you passionate and pursue them. And don't give up. I mean, you know, keep trying. You're going to get there eventually. Uh, from a standpoint of being bipolar, um, uh, you know, okay, take your meds, know your symptoms and triggers, be able to reach out and realize your own responsibility. Um, because in the long run, those are the things that are going to keep you alive and bring you back to happiness. So I'm going to introduce the next two together because episode 28 and 29, we were joined by two fellow podcast hosts. So episode 28 was Danny Cordy, who hosts the Screwed Up Moments podcast. And he came on to share what he's learnt from hosting that podcast where people share these stories of their most challenging moments in their life. So he'll share his top tips. And then episode 29 with Craig and Zana. Craig is the host of the Happy You Are Here podcast. And Craig shares very openly and honestly his experiences of substance abuse and addiction and kind of coming through that with mindfulness and vulnerability. We touch on lots of... Um, juicy stuff in that one so that's episode 29 his top tips so we'll hear Danny first and then Craig for episode 29. I have one strategy and and the reason that it's only one strategy is because it's really really difficult uh to sort of execute (laughs) (laughs) and 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 and, and that is to be uh to be honest yourself to be honest with yourself and to live truthfully um I think for a lot of people we really don't understand what it means by this statement, uh, but it really means to 
always be constantly reflecting, always to be asking yourself questions. Am I doing this? What am I doing this for? Uh, who am I doing this for? Is this really right for me? And then if if you're being honest, it's also in instances whereby you find yourself in a not so desirable situation to say, you know, do I really, can I really get out of the situation? Uh, uh, am I limiting myself? Am I preventing myself to get out of the situation? And the reason why I'd say, I say it's so, it's so difficult to execute is because sometimes people really, really, really do not want, or sometimes it can even be very difficult to sort of grasp the truth. Right. Mm. So, um, for instance, uh, I recently spoke to one, one guest for screwed up moments, right? She's faced, she's faced through a lot of, uh, of trauma and tragedy in her life, in her childhood and upbringing. So she's been, you know, uh, she's witnessed domestic abuse, domestic violence, you know, uh, even sexual abuse. And uh, through all these experiences, it sort of uh, led her down a very uh, dangerous path. Uh, well, not say, not say dangerous, but it, it sort of led her to spiral out of control. She became a very angry teenager. She started mixing around with uh, men who were not that great for her. You know, that sort of, that sort of thing. She made very bad, um, you know, investment decisions, that kind of thing. Right. But the, the most striking thing was that she told me um, that she had a conversation with a, a therapist, right? Like a, like a relationship love coach kind of thing. Mm. And then the love coach uh, told her basically that um, you are doing this to yourself. Stop harming to yourself. Stop letting your, uh, your, your, your trauma limit your, your life or something, or, or something to that extent. And then she said, she said in, her, in her own words that these were like, the, the, it was like a revelation to her. Because previously she had only viewed herself and her whole life and the world through her own victim narrative, right? Whereby victims are always, it's always someone else's fault. It's always um, someone else who's putting all the, the, the punishment. It's always someone else who's doing this, who's doing that to her, right? And then she said it is because of that, that she could never really move on and try to grow past that. Because of that, that self-imposed sort of a victim narrative. Well, well, I mean, uh, not self-imposed, but it, it was... Um, Circumstantially, it happened to her, but the narrative was self-imposed. Yeah, and that was what what uh, kept limiting her. And you know, on its surface, right, it is so difficult to take this advice seriously, because I mean, I mean, even myself, when if if I were to put myself in her shoes, right, to go through all that, and then to seek help and to help to have this, you know, therapist that you paid for tell you that actually all of this is your fault like like it, it's who who would take that right who who wouldn't act defensively and say that you know why am i paying money for you why am i paying money to you just to just to victim blame me right <laughs> yeah and, and 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 yeah it's it is really difficult but honestly it's um sometimes in order to move on that is what people need to do is to be honest and to to live truthfully yeah. <laughs> I think when you said it, you know, it sounds so simple, doesn't it? Just you live honestly, but like you said it it's really difficult to do. And mm. and I think sometimes there might be things that have happened to us and we've got these patterns of behavior uh similar to the example that you gave, but we might not even be aware that we're doing it, which mm. so although it can be frustrating when the therapist says that, it could just be that you're just following this pattern that you know that doesn't work but in some way serves some kind of protective purpose or it's kind of what you know and by being honest about it and having a therapist bring it to your attention you can try and take a different route or um, have a different narrative but it sounds simple but so difficult and and I think sometimes you can know the truth in some way but you can't accept it <laughs> you could you don't want to hear it you don't want to know it um, yeah so it can yeah. be resistant to it yeah this this uh i i, I think this uh, sort of advice as well it it, it really it, it colored my whole idea on on this idea of positivity you know hmm. like um i think a lot especially when the term gets so thrown and overused in social media and in youtube and on, on facebook and instagram and whatnot you know people always say yeah just just live with a positive mindset that's all you need you know you got to have that positive mindset people say this often enough and it, it cheapens the effect right 
so mm-hmm. that you know from an outsider if you're really going through problems when people just tell you yeah just just be positive it, it's it's uh it seems like why 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 the hell should i even listen to you you know what what yeah. what are those two words going to going to help but in in all in all honesty, like with this statement, right? Be honest with yourself and live truthfully. If you were to take that that uh, statement, be positive seriously, and and try to implement it, you would realize it is actually not easy at all. Because a lot of the times, life is not very uh, nice to us. <laughs> the world can be very cruel and unkind. You know, circumstances can happen. And, and a lot of times it doesn't make sense at all. Like like the case of uh, Julie Ip Williams, right? She went through all this stuff and she she finally succeeded out of all of her obstacles. You know, she, she finally managed to, to get past all of her obstacles only to get cancer and die at 42. It's just sometimes it, it, it doesn't make sense. And that is why being positive, you know, it... it, it in itself is is already a very um a, a good bit of good bit of advice because sometimes it really is irrational to be to be positive sometimes it is it, sometimes it is just that little bit of faith or a little bit of hope that you keep clinging on to because otherwise you would just be consumed by the craziness happening around the world yeah <laughs> mm, yeah and i think it's i mean it's something i try and have a, a positive outlook when I can but I think as we said um, earlier the the kind of um, you, sometimes you need to experience these, these uh, negative emotions sometimes you can't be 100% positive and sometimes it's okay to be like actually I'm really angry and I need to feel that but then yeah. to, I think to try and have a return to a positive outlook um, is a is a good thing to aim for but I think sometimes also when people with the mindset thing they're like you know you need to have a positive mindset if you're coming from such a negative place, that can be such a leap. And I think sometimes you just maybe want to aim for a neutral place first. <laughs> like if you're if you're coming from a place of, and I think a lot of the times it maybe is to do with how we feel about ourselves. So say you are coming from a place of real self-hatred, maybe mm. just try and like be okay with yourself first before you're like, I have to love myself because they're two extremes. And exactly, you know, yeah. so, so um, yeah, I do think it is, it's a really good thing to, to try and aim to do. But I do think sometimes it's, if you're just saying to people, Hey, just be positive. Sometimes that can lead to people trying to just bury those feelings. So I think it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's yeah. A, good, a good thing to aim for, but um, yeah, I, th- I think, I think definitely, um, for 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 people the the good thing the 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 good thing to sort of know before they try to implement this is to be to be real with the whole situation right it's like mm. if you are very um self-deprecating and you really you know self self-loathing kind of uh, uh kind of mindset you're not going to mm. immediately switch into like a, a tony robbins or some motivational speaker overnight <laughs> right all these things the change takes time and it takes mm. a lot of hard work yeah, this is the reality of the situation, you know, even though all those, you know, motivational speakers might have you believe otherwise, it, a lot of it is um, uh, uh, blood, sweat and tear, tears internally and a lot of effort. Yeah, so you got to yeah. be got to be real with it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think also that, uh, like you said, the circumstances, because if you <laughs> imagine um, if if someone has just lost someone really close to them, you say, hey, just be positive. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> There's, yeah, it's it's not really the like the time and place for it. So yeah, yeah, you you got you, you got to be strategic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you know, maybe that's a, a message to give them a bit further down the line, but not straight away. It's <laughs> yeah. The most important thing is to develop some kind of practice of gratitude. Generally, a lot of people say that, and it's kind of become this buzzword or whatever. But it's really it's powerful to. To notice those things, like you said, you know, that when your lights are off, then you notice, oh, how much I rely on this or whatever. But noticing it when you do have it, when you wake up in the morning is a really nice time to, I I think journaling is a good um, way to kind of, because when you do it in your brain, there's no one really accountable. You're not even accountable to yourself, really. You can wander off in a million directions. But if you write it down, you're like really there with things. So like writing down one to three things that you're grateful for every morning can really help kind of raise that satisfaction of life. And the second thing would be to not shy away from your emotions and, and whatever it is, however, whatever tactic it is that you use, learn more about that, you know, listen to more podcasts like this, 
do some research, watch some YouTube videos about that neuroscience and the the psychology of what's actually going on when you're feeling these things and realize that your emotions are not you. Your emotions are a piece of, of the whole of you, but they are not, you know, they they are somewhat separate from your whatever the you is that is experiencing life. And they are, the Buddha explains them as like filters or dis- disturbances in the water from being able to see the clear uh, bottom of the lake. And it's a really good metaphor to when you're feeling emotion, realize like I am not seeing things clearly because of these emotions. What is this emotion trying to teach me? And you'll get there through just learning about it. And the third thing would be to develop some kind of meditation, mindfulness practice. I really think people should try that. I think, you know, yoga can be that for some people that like to be more physical, all kinds of different versions of it. I've really gravitated towards this insight meditation, this Vipassana, which is the Buddha's original teachings, which doesn't have to be, you can remove, there's actually a whole website dedicated to the secular, so non-religious view of Buddhism. Because originally it was just a philosophy. There wasn't really a lot of the religious stuff involved. Um, the only thing was the reincarnation thing, but even that mm-hmm. can be taken out of Buddhism and it can still be a powerful way to reduce suffering in your life through becoming mindful. And it's, it, it makes you kind of feel like a superhuman <laughs> at a certain point. Um, and it all just starts with doing that meditation. And a big thing is if you're completely new to it, find some way to do guided meditations, whether it's through an app. Um, I like the waking up app by Sam Harris, mm-hmm. but there's a ton of them that can kind of help you break through that first couple of weeks that are really hard for people that, you know, you kind of need that guided uh, meditation. Or ideally, if you can find somebody in your city that's teaching beginners meditation, that's a great way to do it socially and kind of have the social accountability to actually sit there for 10 minutes or however long it is and have someone to discuss direct questions of like, I keep having this thought or this keeps happening in my mind. And if you have an experienced teacher, they can kind of guide you through that to, to get to that state of stronger awareness and stronger mindfulness hmm. I think I don't know if you've ever used the headspace app or if you if you know of it mm-hmm. um so I think that's another I've used it with in school as well with with children it's quite a nice intro and they have some really nice little animations that explain this idea of thoughts and they have one where it's like if you imagine the thoughts is if you ran out into traffic and you're trying to stop cars it would just be chaos and actually you're just like recognizing them as they go past like you're sat on a bed you know so I think that's um and you can probably on YouTube find the Headspace videos and I think they are really helpful but fun ways of explaining how the the thoughts are working and and mindfulness so um, yeah absolutely that's a great app and and it's it's I if you try an app and it, it doesn't seem like it's clicking for you try a different one. Cause that's for me, I had tried headspace. I had tried breathe. I had tried calm and none of them really were like catching my interest. And then the way that Sam Harris discussed things, he's more of, he's a neuroscientist. So he's talking mm-hmm. about a lot of stuff in that area, which interests me. So to me, that was the thing that got me. But for some people, the little animations might be the thing that catches you or mm-hmm. calm has a lot of stuff with just music and background noises and stuff. So that might be uh, something that uh, works for people that it's just a matter of trying a bunch of things and not giving up, not being like, well, I'd I'd meditated once and I hated it. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's such an important point to try it multiple times. And if you try an app and it doesn't work for you, try a couple more. It might just be that that format doesn't suit you rather than just being like, it's not for me (laughs) after one try. Yeah. No, thank you for that. And then lastly, to round out this strategy booster is episode 30. And I just think 15 episodes is quite a nice amount <laughs> to summarize for this. So maybe after the next 15, we'll get another strategy roundup. But episode 30, I was joined by Joy, the white peacock woman, to share her experience. And so Joy has had a very interesting life. She has had several near-death experiences and died on um on the operating table if you like several times um and experienced brain injury and she's now basically just built her life on this bedrock of joy and that is her sort of guiding outlook to find joy spread joy and to leave everybody that she touches more joyful and obviously joy is one of our buzzwords so it felt like a good fit to have someone who also has that outlook. So just to finish off, here are Joy's top three tips for you. 
I've learned that nothing that happens to me matters as much as how I choose to feel about what happens. Um, because it is this choice that matters, because it is this choice that determines what happens next. I've learned that when I decide that life is happening for me, not to me, it does. It works out exactly that way. So the next time you're, you're saying, why is this happening to me? Say, why is this happening for me? And then really look and see if you can see why this is happening for you. And what's the third one? Be kind to yourself first and then to others. And to remember that the very best gift that you can give every single person who loves you and who you care about is a happy you. So give yourself what you need. Give from the overflow. Remember that life is not guaranteed. You, you, you know, you might have somebody in your life that's dying. Well, guess what? You might walk outside and be run over by a stampeding camel herd and go before they do. There are no guarantees. So live with that awareness and think about, okay, if I did die today, what would I take to God as a sum total? Or if you don't believe in God, that's fine. If I died today, how would I feel about how I've lived my life? Thank you for this. I think they're so powerful and so... Simple. Simple, they are. <laughs> I know. So there you have it. That's our little uh, second strategy bonus episode of just 15 of our episodes and the amazing tips that our guests have shared. And I'll just repeat, as I said at the beginning, this isn't prescriptive. This is a toolbox. So we have all these different ideas that have been given to us. Just try them out for yourself. See what works. See what doesn't because we are all unique. So just because something works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for you. But hopefully this will leave you feeling inspired. That There are things that you can try out with some hope that if you are in a difficult place that things can get better and empowered to put some of these in place and, and try them out and, and make a massive difference in your life. I hope you found this valuable. If you have a friend, family member, that is maybe struggling a little bit at the moment this is an excellent episode to share with them just to give that bit of a, a strategy boost of uh, some things that they can try and obviously we also have our first strategy episode which you could also share which was episode 14 if you're interested and we'll be back with our next full episode on wednesday 